We need the Lord. So hopefully that's been underscored for you this morning, but we also need one another. That's also in Scripture, and it's in a flyer that hopefully was put in your hands as you walked in this morning. This is our uh, illustration of the fact that we need the Lord and we need one another. Our faith was never designed to be lived out in isolation. In fact, it says in Genesis chapter 2, it is not good for man to be alone. So we took that concept and we ran with it. Now, I know some of you want me to explain this, and others of you won't hear a word I say because all you're going to do is get lost in all these lines. Whatever you want to do is fine. Spend this next minute however you like. Um, But we want you to understand that this is the year of community at Northgate Church. Two years ago, we had a year of mission, and we emphasized our missionaries as well as us living on mission. Last year, we emphasized worship, and this year, we're emphasizing community. Our vision statement from beginning to end is we want to be a community of grace, so grace flows down to us, and then we respond in worship, and we connect in community, and then we go out in mission. So we always think of grace, worship, community, and mission. So this year, we're emphasizing community. There are all different opportunities for you to connect in community, which are illustrated in this document. There's a few events that are going to come up in our community life that you might want to be involved in because community happens at these events. Um, But the feature is obviously the wide open spread. It's called a decision tree, and they're really valuable. You could use them in a lot of different ways. My kids have given many of them to me over the years to see if I'm more like Superman, Spider-Man, or the Hulk based upon a series of questions, right? These are, they're, they're common and they're fun. And so that's what we wanted to give you is a little something fun. And if you're bored in the sermon, you can stay awake maybe through this lovely chart. What we wanted to do is we want you to follow a line and end up in a space where you could connect in community. Maybe you follow your line and you answer your questions and you land and you're like, oh, I'm already there. That's great. Or maybe you land in a spot and you're like, oh, that's interesting. I'd like to learn more. And so we give you a QR code that you can scan. Um, if you can't scan a QR code, then you can just talk to us in the foyer or shoot us an email or stop by the church and let us know about your results or your experience with this. On the back, what you're going to see is a community Bible reading schedule. We thought one way we could be more united as a community of faith is if we were all reading the same things. And so I know a lot of you already have Bible reading plans. Carry on with those if you haven't already quit them from your New Year's resolution. But uh, you can pick back up. It's not too late. These are for those who maybe don't have a Bible reading plan and you'd like to maybe read the Bible more than you are. Then this will coordinate with our Sunday sermon. So today's sermon is Blessings of Community. And so these scriptures that are listed off below that would be verses that you could read that would really complement the sermon that you hear this morning. Below that, there's our gift to you. We have a bank of video resources. If you search by the word community, you'd find all kinds of resources there. And then at the bottom is us saying, through another QR code, um, let us know. These are just the ones we've come up with so far. There's got to be other ideas and other opportunities in our church that we can be connecting in community with one another. And so let us know if you have an idea that would fit there. So we'll talk about this brochure again next week, uh, and hopefully it can be a tool that you can look at and reference and uh, remind you of community that is Northgate Church. I just want to, if you do land in adult Bible classes, if you follow that line and you're like, oh my goodness, I just landed in adult Bible classes right here then you want to pay attention because the next one's starting next week. They start at 9.30. We have two courses for you. One's a study of the book of Galatians in the New Testament. 
And the other one is a study that's called Cold Case Christianity. What that is, is a detective who approached the scriptures and, and Christianity as if it were a problem he had to solve, right? He put his detective mind to it to see if the faith is true. And that's the result is this book and video series called Cold Case Christianity that, that you'll walk through in that course together. Both of those you can sign up for on our website, and they start next week. And then the last thing is just to mention Nerf Night, which is for kids. If you've got young ones, uh, this has proven to be a really fun event, but also an event where we, it's a good outreach. We invite our friends, some kids come, and they're like, oh, I kind of like being at church. This is a nice place to be. Maybe I'll come back and bring my parents. And so at its heart, that Nerf Night is an outreach that we want to give to our community, give our kids something they can invite their friends to at their church. So pray that that goes well. Sign up online if you haven't yet already. As we transition back into sort of a, um, a spirit of worship, I'm going to read a scripture for you, and we're going to use this scripture to uh, guide us in a prayer. So it's Psalm 133, and again, it emphasizes community. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down on the beard of the beard of Aaron, running down on the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Mount Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. I don't know if you're like me, you read that psalm and you're just filled with visions of beards. Like oily beards. Beards that are dripping oil. And you think to yourself, if you're like me, I can't pray with you until we resolve why in the world... Are we imagining a man with oil dripping down his face and down his beard? And I don't have an answer for you, but you can look into it this week. What I do have for you are some verses around the oily beard section that are related to community. So the first verse says, Behold how good and pleasant it is when uh, brothers dwell in unity. We're going to respond to that with a time of silent prayer where you could pray a prayer like this to the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing of unity, especially with. So that's where you put in a name or you put in your family or, or a work project or someone at, at church or school where you're saying, Lord, I, I don't have unity everywhere, but Lord, thank you for your blessing of unity, especially with. So I'll give you a quiet moment to pray to the Lord that prayer. As we maintain the spirit of prayer, the next prompt is, I confess I have been the cause of disunity when I... So take a moment of confessing your sins to the Lord that perhaps last week you played the role of disunity and confess that to God. Psalm 133, verse 3 says, For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. So we want to pray. Uh, Lord, I pray you will command the blessing of life forevermore on, and then that's a space for a name. I think what we're really praying is that God would save someone. And the way the scripture phrases it here is that the Lord can command 
life forevermore. And so we're asking God for him to do that in the life of someone that you know and care about. So take that prayer to the Lord. And then finally, we want to all pray together. So if we want to look at the screens all together with hearts and mouths unified, let's pray together. Lord, thank you for the community of Northgate Church. Please help us live in unity. Amen. Well, thank you for praying with me in that way. I'm going to invite Pat and Jaden back to the stage to continue to lead us in worship. You're welcome to stand and sing along. This next song we're about to sing, I've just been really encouraged about it. We sang it probably in the worship team several months back, but I think it's just a beautiful picture of what Christ has done, just his coming through his birth and through his death and resurrection. So let's just sing that out together. darkness we were waiting without hope without light till my heaven you came running there was mercy in your eyes to fulfill the law and prophets to a virgin give a word from a throne of endless glory to a cradle Oh. 
dead rose from their tombs, and the angels stood in awe for the souls of all who come to the Father are restored. And the church of Christ was born, then the Spirit lit the flame. Now this gospel truth of old shall not heal and shall not fade. By his blood and in his name, in his freedom I am free. For the love of Jesus Christ, who has resurrected me. Oh. 
Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we give you all the glory and we pray, Lord, that that is a sweet aroma to you, our praise of you. We pray that it's a joyful noise that you just heard, Lord. And now as, as we uh, shut our mouths, we, we open our ears and we're eager to hear from you, from your word, Lord. So give us ears to hear, give us minds to understand and hearts to believe your truth as it's shared in scripture. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So we are emphasizing community this year, and we're in a new sermon series on community, so we're going to use that word a lot, so we should probably work towards a definition. If you open up a dictionary, then you get at least three options for the definition of the word community, so I'll give you them. One is it's a group of people living in the same place or having a particular characteristic in common, and so it's just the most common use of the word is probably in this sense. I live in the community of Emsworth. My kids go to the school at an Avonworth school, and so they're in that community. It's just this general sense. You live in a community. You work in a community. We're all in the community of Pittsburgh, and so that's probably the most common use of the word. There's also the use of the word from the dictionary. It says it is a feeling of fellowship with others, as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. So you may not feel like you have a community on your street, but some of you do. And in that sense, you have a community in your neighborhood. Hopefully that's what we're achieving at Northgate Church, is that we don't all live in the same neighborhood, but hopefully there is a community of our churches. We have shared ideas. We have shared faith. We have shared values. And so that creates a community. But you could get that other places. You could get that in a bicycling community. You could get it in a quilting community. You could get it in any other place. So those are the first two. And then the third option for community it would be a group of interdependent organisms of different species growing or living together in a specified habitat. That's like a scientific or like ecology concept, right? So there's a community that exists in the swamp, and there's a community of living things in the forest that's different from what's in the desert, and so it's like an ecosystem. So those are at least three different ways we use the word community on any given day. And we should highlight the fact that every single one of those is a blessing from God. And every single one of those should remind us uh, of our origin story of Genesis chapter 1 and 2 and where it all began with God. We should hear in these definitions of community the Garden of Eden and realize that God created an ecosystem that fit together just great. And he put Adam and Eve in it so that they would live in close proximity to each other. And they had community and a feeling of fellowship as they walked with God in the cool of the garden, right? There was community in every sense of the word. It's all a gift from God. Now it all broke, as we know. And now we live disconnected from God and the ecosystem and human relationships. But but God created community as a good gift to us. Every aspect of it is good. And it flows from a God who existed in community long before he ever created the Garden of Eden. We've sung about it already. We believe in this core Christian doctrine that God is a trinity, that he is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so we believe that God has existed in community with himself. He's beyond time for all eternity. And so it makes sense that as God in his own uh, entity is community, for him to create Adam and And say in in Genesis chapter 2, well, it's not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper that is fit for him. Because God's intention is not that we live in isolation, but that we live in community. It's who he is and his identity, and it's flowed out of him 
from the beginning of time. And so it's God's good gift. If you go on a trip and, and you visit the ocean, if you go on the, a trip and you go into the mountains and you look around and you see different ecosystems and community living together, these organisms, like that's God's good gift of community. If you have a, a strong group of friends and you're connected relationally with other people, whether that's the people on your street or the people at work or the people at church, that's God's good gift to you. And the fact that you do live on a street and you do go to work with other co-workers, that is also God's gift to you. Because whether you like them or not, or whether you feel close to them or not, the interconnectedness of us in our cities and in our streets is God's good gift to us. Now, specifically, though, as we move forward today and in this series, in this year, our, our, our mission as a church, we are going to use a pretty narrow definition of community. And we're going to be talking about the community of Northgate Church. And so we think that it is a blessing from God, all, all of it's a blessing from God, but particularly this year, let's focus on the blessing that it is to be a part of a church, to have shared values and faith. And so I'm going to actually grab a microphone here, it's the blue microphone, and I'm going to go out into the audience at this point, because we are all a community, and we can all be encouraging one another in our faith. So my question for you that I'll come out and take a few answers is, how has the church been a blessing to you? If the whole premise of this morning and this sermon and of this scripture we're going to look at is that we are a blessing as a community, then how has church blessed you? All right, Dan. So this church has blessed me and my family uh, through prayer over the years and continues to do so, and I'm so thankful for that. Yeah, amen. Thank you. Yes, we're praying for one another. Here we are. And this church has been a blessing for me and, and my family, definitely, because uh, through all the hardships, I have developed a new family where I actually feel at home and welcome and cared for. Oh, thank you for sharing that. That's beautiful. Anyone else? How the church is a blessing? Nico? Um, I'm blessed to have my kids come and be influenced by uh, many other families' kids to just live a life of faith and pursue God. Absolutely. That's, that's a great point. We experience community, but we hope that our children are experiencing that as well through their peers, as well as loving, caring adults that are involved in their lives. One of our newest members to the community of Northgate Church, yes? Um, my, when I moved here, my brother said, why are you going, why did you pick that church? Hmm. And my answer to him was, because they love me really well. Oh, well, thank you. Praise the Lord. Yes, sir. The blessing that stands out for me is uh, I've gone to a number of different churches, and the, uh, our grandson actually came home after the first week learning something, not just playing mm. during church, but learning something. Oh, praise the Lord. Thank you for sharing that. There's all kinds of blessings. McKenna, you're going to make me... Jog, okay. Oh, yeah. Here we go. They can put some music to that maybe when we put it on YouTube. McKenna. <laughs> Northgate Church has been such a blessing just to my entire family. Um, you know, there's really true, genuine seeking here. And there's also, it's just a safe place um, for a listening ear and continual prayer. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. All right, we got one more here. 
basically to piggyback off of like what Nico said, you know, people always ask why I drive so far to churches because it takes a tribe to raise a family. And, uh, you know, we found family here. All right. Praise the Lord. That's great. You have one, Lenny? Shout it out. It's a place to serve. It gives us opportunities to serve. Thank you all for sharing. Those are better than the ones I jotted in my notes. So thank you for participating in that way. We're a community. And I like it when we all mutually share and encourage one another in the faith. Proverbs 27 17 says that as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And that's what we want to emphasize this morning. We could talk about all the different blessings, but for the sake of our time, we're going to focus on, on one this morning and the rest of our time. And it's one that I see in Romans chapter 1, verses 11 to 12. So here's just one particular blessing of Northgate Church, and it ties into a lot of what you've shared. I'll read it for you. It's in your Bibles. It's in the Pew Bibles, but we'll put it on the screen for you. This is written from the Apostle Paul to a church that was meeting in Rome. He writes this, For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. What we want to focus on this morning is one of the blessings of community is that we mutually encourage each other's faith. Just as you have done right now and just illustrated for us, we mutually encourage each other's faith. So let's talk about this. It says that Paul uses the word mutually. So this is the Apostle Paul, right? A giant of the faith saying, I want to come to you. And, and perhaps the church at Rome was saying like, yes, we want you to come too because you're going to bless us with your faith because you're this amazing apostle. But Paul says, I want to come to you so that we can mutually encourage each other in the faith. Sometimes what can happen is we can say, you know, I really want to get encouraged in the faith, so I'm going to come to church. And so we come to church because we're like, I know, you know, the songs are going to encourage me. I think the prayers are going to encourage me, and, and maybe the pastor is going to encourage me. And so we walk in the doors that way. And if that's how you walk in the doors, that's, that's great, but it's short-sighted. Because if we all walk in here that way, then our encouragement is dependent upon the people on the stage. But if we could all walk into church with this in mind, I wonder who I could bless or who I could encourage as I walk into church today. If we all walked in that way, then we would all be encouraged exponentially greater than the other path. Because the room would just be full of, each, of people who are trying to encourage each other. And encouragement would just be sparking in the pews and in the foyers. And so it would be such a blessing to us if we would walk in in that way. That's why I love the buzz of community that happens at Northgate Church. Our church uh, staff has a staff meeting once a week. And probably once a month, we talk about this topic in one way or another. And that is, y'all are too loud. We'll talk about how, like, in the foyer you get so loud. And we'll talk about when we're in here and we're getting ready to start the service, you're all so loud. And, and we talk about, well, what could we do to, like, to get their attention um, for the service? And, and those are interesting conversations. But fundamentally, you know what I think deep down? I like it. I like it. I, I kind of like it. Because, I mean, sometimes you annoy me when you won't be quiet when I'm trying to talk. That's <laughs> confession. Um, but I like that what we're having to figure out is, how do we get them to stop connecting with one another? How do we get them to stop laughing so loud? How do we get them to stop being friends, right? This is the problem that we're trying to solve. What a blessing. 
And so um, that's the blessing of community. And it hopefully it goes beyond the foyer and the pews. And from what I hear from you all, it, it can happen on the phone via calls and texts. It happens in living rooms through life groups. It happens in classrooms. It happens on Friday nights in our coffee shop ministry. And so what I love about Northgate Church is that this mutual encouragement seems to be happening. And we can certainly do it more. I could give testimonies to it of how it's happened to me personally, how you have encouraged me. So I'll give you just a few. I was talking the other day to my friend John Peters, and he was uh, about a week ago talking to me about how in the midst of his retirement, he has found uh, some time to help people learn English. So he's contacted the Greater Pittsburgh Literacy Council, and he's become trained and equipped, and now he meets with individuals to help them learn English. And he was sharing me about his heart for these individuals and how he wants to help them. And, and I was encouraged in my faith as he shared about his faith and how his faith has taken action and how he has a heart to help other people. Him sharing that encouraged me. There's this mutual encouragement. And my faith was encouraged as I realized, like, wow, like, I don't even know what you all are doing all week, every week. And I catch just a glimpse of what one of our members is doing as they scatter out from this place. And I'm just encouraged that the church is being the church and it's taking the light into all different ways than I ever thought it was going to. I was encouraged in my faith as last Sunday I participated in our New to Northgate course. And so we had a, like 18 people around a table that were new to our church. And I was blessed as I was reminded of, of Wendy's story about how Wendy, about a year ago, wasn't too engaged with her faith, and then she decided that she should go to church, and she found Northgate Church, and she started attending. And as she started attending Northgate Church, her faith really became alive in new ways, and she wanted to be baptized, and she was, and she's already shared this in our church, in her baptism, and how her faith has just come alive, and now she's just an active part of our community. And her sharing that last week mutually encouraged me and the rest of our members in our group because we realized, like, oh, Northgate Church really is making a difference in people's lives. People really are growing and, and giving their lives to Christ. My faith was encouraged as I heard a church member share just about a week ago about how they just become so weary and tired because they have been praying for and sharing the good news with their friends, and there just doesn't seem to be any fruit. And this church member was sharing, though, that a holiday party recently, one of these people that they've just been praying for walked up to them and let them know that they've started attending church. Now, this church member shared that with me, and that mutually encouraged my faith. Now, her faith was going through the roof with encouragement, right? But her sharing that with me encouraged me. There's the mutual encouragement in the faith. That's what happens through the community of church, and hopefully, particularly of Northgate Church. But for that to work, you have to speak up. You have to speak up in the right context and in safe places and, and, and figure out what you want to share. And maybe you just need to share that you're struggling. Because even when you share that you're struggling, it can be an encouragement because I'll hear about your struggle and I'll realize like, oh, wow, I thought I was the only one who struggled that way. And even as you share your struggles, it can be an encouragement to me in my faith. And so Paul says, I long to see you that we may be mutually encouraged in the faith. It's about encouragement. It's mutual, but as we come together, we should mutually be encouraging one another. Now, I don't know about you, but my default setting is to mutually be critical like, or, or complain or 
other words like that. So you're probably not like that, which is good. But it seems to be my default nature. Get me in a group of people and ask me about a certain topic, and I'll be able to like, be critical about that topic. And that's not what church is supposed to be, is it? It's not supposed to be us mutually discouraging one another, mutually pointing out the problems. It should be us mutually encouraging one another. I happen to marry someone who is an extraordinary encourager. If you know Caroline, you know that she's just a natural gift that God has given her to be able to encourage everyone that she meets. And then opposites attract. (laughs) But we've been together for about 20 years, and she's rubbing off on me. So I'm better than I was. I now realize it's important. Life can be a struggle. We are isolated. We were created for community, from community, and we have chosen to isolate ourselves. We spend most of our times in our houses, in our cars, and at work. And we are a people who are created for community, and yet we feel lonely and discouraged. And what we need to be doing for one another is mutually encouraging one another in our faith. So I want us to practice that this week. I don't just want you to hear that and head nod and affirm it. I want you to leave here with a specific way that maybe you could be an encouragement this week. So I'm going to give you a few categories to think in, and you can do something encouraging this week. There's different ways that we can encourage one another. So I'm going to give you a few ways, and you can pick which one you want, to, you want to do from. So the first is speaking. That's probably what we most think of when we think of encouragement. We think of encouraging words we can share. And maybe that's your application. Maybe that's one you need to pick. You need to go to someone and share with them what you appreciate about them and give them something specific, maybe an observation, something you appreciate, and why. That would be a good application. But maybe you're saying, no, that's not, that's not the one for me. What about writing? Maybe you could do something similar, but write it down. Write it down and send it to someone, a note of encouragement. So speak it or write it. What about helping? Helping people is a way that you encourage them. And so maybe there's someone in your life who's carrying a heavy load, metaphorically or or literally, that you could come alongside and help. Maybe you could just be as practical as, as helping around the house. Maybe you know what chores your spouse typically does and you know what chores you typically do and you could say you know what I'm going to do their chores this week and that hopefully and certainly will be an encouragement and for all the kids in the audience you can do the same you know what chores are assigned to you and you know what chores are not and if you did someone else's chores you know what you would be doing you would be mutually giving an encouragement to your loved ones I remember years ago I acquired a new washer and a dryer and I didn't have any way to move them so I called a friend and said, can I borrow your truck so I can go get this washer and dryer? And my friend said, I'll do you one better. I got the time. I'm going to come with you and help you load it and unload it. That's an encouragement. It's helping is an act of encouraging. So maybe it's helping or speaking or writing or giving. Giving. You all encouraged us when our house flooded and you gave us gift cards and it was, it was a blessing to us. It encouraged us your generosity to us. And you've done that a number of times over many years together. You are a generous church and you've given. You've given to Northgate Church again this year, just like the years previous. We said we expect to receive this much by year's end of 2023. And again, you exceeded it because you're a generous church. And that encourages me and it should encourage you. And we can share more details once they come in in the coming weeks on specifics. But But that's an encouragement to me, and it should be an encouragement to you that you're a part of a generous church, and that's how we encourage one another is through giving. And so maybe pick up the check for someone when you go out to lunch with them, or buy a gift or give a financial gift 
because that's how we can be an encouragement, through giving, through helping, through writing a note, through speaking, through presence. And what I mean by presence is, is not the rapt presence, but presence is in like the ministry of being present with someone. Not because you have something to say, and not because you're trying to check off a to-do list, but because you just want to be there with them. It's pretty similar to what happens in our uh, home care ministry. You might just do this chart, and if you really want to serve, you might just end in the home care ministry category. And what we have is a team of people that go out and they visit those who are homebound, and they encourage them as best they can. I don't know if it's the words they share necessarily. I don't know that it's helping them do a to-do list. I think it's probably just the ministry of being present with them. Interestingly, Jackie Cromings leads that ministry, and she just told me a couple days ago she could use a couple more people on her list to go and make visits. And having her testimonies from those who go and make visits, trust me, it is mutually encouraging. This could be the ministry of presence. It could be touch. Scientists have documented that there are significant positive effects of touch. Could you give someone appropriate touch to encourage this week? A hand on a shoulder or a hug. Or finally, hospitality. Could you open up your home to someone this week? So whatever it is, I don't want you to just leave here today being like, yeah, I should encourage someone more. I want you to think of the category you're going to do it in. Are you going to speak the words? Are you going to write the words? Are you going to help someone? Are you going to make a gift? Are you going to be present? Are you going to give some touch? Are you going to open your home? Pick one. We mutually encourage. But we mutually encourage from our faith. Our faith. That is what makes the church community different from other communities is our encouragement flows from our faith. You could go to the gym and find community. You could find really vibrant community. You could find community that's shaped around your shared values regarding health and fitness. And you could provide encouragement to one another as you exercise together. You could be mutually encouraging one another at the gym. But that's not church. It's not church. Our fundamental goal here isn't to mutually encourage one another. It's to mutually encourage one another according to our faith. Because we have a set of shared principles that guide and direct our life. These convictions, that as we focus on these convictions of our faith, that flows up into encouragement to one another. I often share the gospel with just four words. God, man, Christ, response. And you can do the same. You can say, like, my faith is that God is this a holy creator. He's without sin, and he created this world full of good things. But man, myself included, Adam and Eve back then, we make the wrong choices every day. Make choices to disobey him and his good plan, which puts us in a path that is, that is not good. But Christ, Christ came as the holy God, descended down to earth with us. We celebrate that at Christmas, and at Easter we celebrate that he died on the cross and rose from our dead. Why? Because a holy and infinite God had to pay the price for all the sins of all the world, for all the times we went our own way, and then he rose from the dead. A lot of people will affirm those things. They'll say, yes, I believe that God's true about God, and I believe that I am a sinner, and I believe that Jesus did die on the cross. But what we have to hit is the fourth one, a response. And I often will use this illustration with people. I'll say, you know, it's like you're driving in the car, and uh, there's two people in the front, and then the, and the seats are full in the back. And the driver passes a, a road sign that says, bridge out ahead, and just keeps going. And he turns to his, the passenger, and he says, do you believe that the bridge is out? And the passenger says, yes, I believe the bridge is out. Do you believe the bridge is out? Yes, 
I, I also believe the bridge is out. And then the people in the back seat are saying, are you on sane? Because if you believe the bridge is out, you would hit the brakes, you would turn the car, and you would go in a different direction. You can't just sit in the front seat and affirm the faith and the sign that the bridge is out and make no change to, to the direction of your car. And so that's what we say as we, as we share our faith, is we have this conviction that flows from our faith. We encourage one another to this end that if you really believe, then it needs to manifest itself in these acts of obedience. Church is a distinct and unique community that exists. It, it's distinct from the bar. I, I think you can find community at the bar. At least I grew up believing that as my parents allowed me to watch Cheers. Where everybody knows your name. And you grew up thinking like, man, wouldn't that be cool to go to a bar every night? Have community? I'm not sure it was an accurate de- description of bar uh, life. But even if it is, that's not the church. I hope everybody here knows your name. But even if we get to that level of intimacy and connectedness, that's not the goal. Like, we don't come here just so that we can know one another. We come here because we have this, this ancient book that was inspired by God that gives us truth. And so we gather around this book and we read it and we listen to it and we think about it and we talk about it because this, this shapes our faith. This is why church is a distinct community from the other community options you have that are good. It's that this, if we were to be obedient to this, if we were to truly believe it, then we would be on this path of life, this path of fulfillment, this path of peace. And so it makes the church a unique and distinct community. You could go find community in any number of places. You could go, I think, on Monday. Maybe it's going to be Tuesday, I hear, and find community amongst Steelers fans as you, as you sit there and, and you watch the game in, in a tailgate or in the stadium or at a watch party, and you would find community there, and it would be exciting, and you'd have these shared you know, uh, viewpoints in life, and yet it's so temporary, your little league team, your peewee football, your hockey league, it's all so temporary. It has value. Scripture tells us physical exercise profiteth, but little compared to eternity. And so what makes the church community unique is that we are we're talking about eternal things, things that have eternal significance, which is why our community really must continually focus on the fact that we have to share this with others. Because there's internal significance, and so we invite others to come into the community so they can see what is truly most important in life. The church is a distinct community. And as you look through this flyer, and as you look at our website, as you hear us talk, we're not trying to fill your social calendar. We're not trying to give you social events. What we're trying to do is help you gather with people who have the shared faith and read his word or pray or go out and do acts of service together as an outflow of your faith. Because that's what makes the church community distinct from other wonderful communities that exist in our world. Our faith is unique. You could go and join a different faith community in our city. There are all different types of faiths that meet together and form a sense of community. But you'll find ours distinct in a number of different ways, but one of my favorite ways to describe that is just to use the words do and done. I'd venture to say that outside of Christianity, all the other faith communities that you could be a part of in any given week are going to focus on the word do. Here are all the things you need to do. 
in order to access the divine or in order to have forgiveness from God or, or have peace with God. They're going to give you things that you need to do. Whereas in our faith, in this faith community, we focus on what Jesus has done. And as we continually remind ourselves about what Jesus Christ has done for us, it certainly should provoke in us a spirit of gratitude that, that motivates us to do good things. But as we focus on what Christ has done for us, that motivates us to go and do, and that makes our faith community unique as it emphasizes grace and truth. And so as we close our service today, that's why we want to do communion together. That's why the bread is here and the cups are here and we're going to invite you to participate in communion is because this community is unique because we focus on what Jesus Christ has already done for us. And we're going to do it a little bit different than we have in, in times past. But nevertheless, what's guiding us is, is these words, again, from the Apostle Paul, this time written to the church at Corinth. He writes, listen, church, I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so what we participate in this morning, one, is an act of obedience to what Scripture has told us to do. It's also an act of remembrance. So we remember that Jesus' body was broken and his blood was spilled. But it's also an illustration of community. It should mutually encourage our, one another as we come forward here and participate in this act. Because Paul says just earlier in 1 Corinthians, he says, Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. So this morning there is one piece of bread here this morning, and it is symbolic of, of Jesus' body that was broken for us. And we learn that we are all parts of the body. Some of us are hands and some of us are feet. But we're all parts of the body and we come together in unity. And that's also one of the things that communion does for us. It helps us see that we are all together. And hopefully as we participate together, it will be mutually encouraging. I will pray for us and then I'll invite you to come forward. I'll rip the bread and leave it here. If you're uh, germ conscious, there's a few cups up here that are sealed. You can grab a bread and a cup. You're welcome to partake of the elements here. You're welcome to take it back to your seat and prayerfully do it there. But let me pray for us. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for what he has done for us. And I pray if there's anyone here, Lord, in the room or, or online at home that, that hasn't put their faith in what you have done for us and is trusting rather in what they do, that this might be a moment where you open the eyes of their hearts and they can place their complete trust in what you have done for them. As you partake in these elements, Lord, I pray that it would be an encouragement to us that, that we would see this act of, of people coming forward and be reminded that, oh, wow, look how many people are with me. Look how many there are of us who are in this faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as you feel led, you're welcome to come forward and grab a piece of bread, grab a cup. It's an invitation to all to come that have faith in Jesus as Lord and Savior. It's not a requirement of membership of our church. All who are in the family of God may come.